0: So, does your career energize you with life? Or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers, where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. I'm very excited to introduce you to this week's guest, a colleague of mine, a creative director at the agency, Sumaloni. You know, most weeks I ask my guests a question about that one piece of advice that their friends, family, or colleagues consistently come up to them for. And the reason I'm asking them that is because more and more I've come to believe that those around us are, more often than not, better at seeing what it is we do best than we are. Meaning... When we think about ourselves, what it is we're good at, where it is we want our careers to go, etc., we simply tend to overthink the answer. If we were to be honest with ourselves, we'd have to realize that we're just so consumed with ourselves that we get lost in the proverbial sauce. It's simply human nature. I bring this up because, as you'll soon hear, it wasn't until a colleague of Sue's painted a very clear picture of what she thought Sue was really good at that Sue's career began to change, really change. Like, as Sue says, it took a hard right turn to the complete opposite end of the spectrum of the financially driven path that she was going down. So there's that. And what I also found incredibly instructive about Sue's approach from that point forward is that she simply started iterating herself in place. She didn't immediately seek the new title, She didn't immediately expect the world to bend to her every whim. She just came into work the next day and started doing her new self right there and then. That, my friends, is such a beautiful picture of how career changes can happen. And I'm tremendously grateful to Sue for her willingness and her openness to painting that picture for us. So without further ado, I give you Sue Maloney. All right. Well, firstly, Sue, thank you. For uh, for agreeing to do this. My pleasure. All right, so let's get started. Question number one for you, Sue. Do you ever think about the concept of why you're on this planet? Your purpose, your mission? What are you here for? Wow.
1: I um I think about that that question. I ponder it probably almost every day. And it's not because I I'm not happy with my current role on the planet. I just, uh, feel like I'm always looking for some sort of, um, opportunity to do something a little bit more or a little bit different so yeah. that I don't, get, so I don't get stuck in a bit of a rut and that for someone to care that I would do something differently. Yeah, for sure.
0: And so, when you think about that, to do something a little bit more, a little bit different, how does that? How does that kind of push you? What does that? What does that usually trigger inside of you?
1: Well, if I think about, for example, like some of the volunteer work that I do, I find that if I go and do something that is unrelated to my profession, yeah, it it grounds me into remembering what really matters or what's important. Right. And so I think there's this inherent um, sort of polarity between like being a marketer and then doing good in the world in most cases. Yeah. And so, right. And so I think, you know, part of me is probably said, well, let's I'm going to start doing some of these things that contribute to society because I don't necessarily feel like I'm doing that on a day to day basis at work. But then what I feel like happens is part of that volunteer world works its way into the marketing world. And I'm back to this whole notion of, well, what am I doing for humanity besides providing them with a product or service? Right. So how does it, how do I make them have a connection to a brand that is beyond I'm going to purchase your product because it's yummy. I'm going to purchase your product because I think you're a cool brand doing nice things for the world.
0: Makes sense. And then, Sue, regardless of your job today, is there a particular reason why you think you were put on this planet?
1: Wow. I don't know. I guess um, if I think about the way I was raised, I mean, my parents are, you know, hardworking. People from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who basically live their life of, I work to live, and then when I'm living, I should be doing things that aren't just good for me, but are good for others. Yeah. And, um, like my parents are like such generous, warm, giving people that, you know, care about the communities they live in and the, and the people they connect with. So it would be weird if I didn't feel like I had the same purpose. Yeah. Right? Yep. But I do feel like I, I do have a purpose in that maybe part of my role is how do I connect that world of marketing with um, the way I was raised, which is, you know, again, contributing to society in a bigger way.
0: Can I ask, what did your parents do, or what do they still do?
1: So they're retired, but my father was, for many years, a CPA and an accountant, and he sort of taught me the love of the numbers and the business. But then, um, and my mom was an English teacher. And when I was maybe 10 or 15 years old, my dad came home one day and said that he had purchased a travel agency And um, they had no idea what they were doing. And my mom joined him in this venture, and it became a 25-year career that changed our lives. Right? We, it was my father and and his business partner, and our two families basically, you know, dove in in the world before you know online travel was the norm, and the result of that was I got carted around as a little kid to all of these wonderful travel destinations as part of my family's business. Yeah. I feel really lucky that I got to go to a lot of interesting places when I was really young and got exposed to a lot of different people and cultures. And it, you know, my parents just, you know, decided to do it and, I dove right in and we sort of made it our life for most of my childhood and teenage years. It was amazing.
0: So that's pretty awesome. Sue, can you tell the listeners what it is that you do today?
1: Well, my official title is um, the Director of Strategy and Creative Development uh, at Ketchum. Uh, I shorthand it to say I am a creative director and that my job is to help everyone at Ketchum that I work with um, come up with ideas of how we get consumers to love the brands who are our clients.
0: So walk us back a little bit. How do you get from growing up in a (laughs) quote-unquote travel agency family to this point, doing what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So I think that sort of pivot moment when I sort of decided that this was a path I was going to do was when I was in college, I was looking for a summer internship and my father hooked me up with the editor of Pittsburgh Magazine, Mm -hmm. who was looking for interns for the summer. And um, they were interested in having people who were you know a certain age and who were studying business and marketing and um, I took the job and it was because of my dad's connection from his business that I got the introduction to Pittsburgh Magazine but that internship where basically I spent the summer running an art exhibit at a really cool art gallery in Pittsburgh about the doors of Pittsburgh that took, you know, photographs of interesting yeah. doors all around the city. That's awesome. Remember when those really were really, really popular? Uh-huh. And it was sort of this nice collision of like travel and like, you know, the the city of Pittsburgh and the culture of Pittsburgh and um sort of my love of like planning events and, you know, doing outreach in the community and it was that Internship that I decided, hey, this PR thing sounds sort of interesting. I wonder if I could actually make a career out of it. And so that's the
0: first step. Got it. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger?
1: Absolutely not. So because my dad was a numbers guy and a CPA guy, um, I always thought that I would somehow go down that financial route. So even when I joined the agency world, I saw myself as potentially a CFO role or, you know, an office director role where there was a focus more on the business and the numbers. And I think, you know, typical sort of agency path, come in as an account person, kind of rise up the ranks. This was before there were all kinds of specialties. And then when I got to close to the top, I thought, I'm not sure I should be the penny counter And the attorney for our business, is there a different path? And I have to credit um, a former colleague, my good friend, Deanne, who basically pulled me aside one day and said, you know what you're really good at? You're really good at the ideas. You're the idea maker. And you, you should start doing that. And at the time, that wasn't a job that existed at Ketchum. And, you know, she gave me... permission to sort of test it out while she kind of covered me and and gave me some opportunities. And when I look back at that over three years ago, now there are sues in at least seven or eight other offices, and it's become a new career path at up. What do
0: you make of that, having discovered that about yourself in a way from Deanne, you know, at this stage in your career versus way earlier when you thought you were going to be a numbers person?
1: I don't know. I think it's probably a perfect storm of a few things. One is, you know, this idea that only so many people can be an office director or a practice director or, you know, sort of the head of whatever it is, right? So the the, the availability of good roles for people as they sort of progress up the, progress up the um, corporate ladder are fewer and far between. And so this idea that we could test This out in a very safe way that didn't need any sort of formal permission and see if it could work was the biggest gift, right? The fact that I could just start doing it, right, and just start working with my colleagues in a different way. So I wasn't managing the business; I was helping them manage the idea process, and it's the best job
0: I've ever had. Yeah, that's amazing. Let's. um, I want to jump back though to your to the numbers, Sue. When, when, when was the earliest that you can remember thinking about yourself that you're going to be kind of in this kind of numbers-oriented role or you're going to be yeah. a numbers-oriented person when you grow up?
1: Yeah. Well, I just, you know, my father pushed me to take, you know, accounting, no. and I took accounting in college. And I remember one of my accounting professors, you know, pulled me aside, and he was like, are you sure you like this stuff because – you know, you're making your Excel sheets colors and you're right. <laughs> sort of, you know, trying to, you know, put a little creative spin on things. And I, I guess I was, I've always sort of been this person, which is the numbers can be creative and you can add the, the financial lens to a creative idea. Right. So both sides of it. Right. And, um, you know, I think I was somebody who probably one of the few people who joined a PR firm, with the hopes of not just doing good work and writing and pitching, but actually the business side of it. Like, I love the financial side of it, and I still love the financial side of it, but I also see that it's um, something that it should just be part of what we all do. Um, But it isn't the thing that I should solely do.
0: And then going even further back, Sue as a child Any recollections of things you wanted to be when you grew up, or the first recollection?
1: Well, there were two things that I knew I wanted to be when I was little at different stages. The first was I wanted to be an interior decorator. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think it was because I just loved the idea of color, and I just, I was very involved in, like, my mom would be purchasing new things for the house. I, at a very young age, I was interested in that. Like, let's mix this color and this pattern. So I sort of had this little interior design bug. And one of my first babysitters was an interior. Her mom was an interior designer. So I think I probably, I got that from her. And then The second thing I remember wanting to be was, and everybody kept telling me I should be it, which was a nursery school teacher. Uh And that's because even to this day, I have a stack of crayons and coloring books and scented Play-Doh and markers and stickers and that sort of thing. And so I feel like I've had that part of me ever since I was a little girl and I still have it today. Yeah.
0: And when when you're showing this interest in colors and shapes and uh these quote unquote creative things as you're growing up, is that getting recognized? Is that getting explored in other ways?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I you know, I was a business major in college and I, you know, I went to a really small university in Pennsylvania that really didn't have a communications, public relations journalism track. So while I loved the university experience, once I got there and understood that I could be accounting or business, I had to sort of figure out a way to make it work for me. Yeah. So, you know, I did that internship and then I did a semester in Washington where I was able to actually focus on public relations. So it, it allowed me to combine that, okay, I'm in this business track, let's do it. But then how do I infuse some of this kind of creative, visual path to maybe marry the two. So I think I kind of invented it along the way without realizing that I was combining two separate tracks, if you will. Yeah,
0: got it. And when you're going through the business track, are you excited about it? Or are you kind of going through the motions?
1: That's a very good question. I don't think I've thought about it until right this second. Um, I was probably going through the motions, but I also... I don't know if I actually thought I had another choice, right? So here I am three years into a program and I know I'm going to get this degree. And so I'm not, I'm not going to start over. So I feel like part of me was like, all right, well, I feel like this is still really good and is going to be helpful to me, but I need to slightly choose a different path to make the ending a little bit different than maybe what I thought it was when I started in freshman year.
0: Got it. Looking back on your career to date and thinking about your friends, family, and colleagues, career and life, is there a particular piece of counsel or advice that people have consistently come up to you for Hmm. throughout the years?
1: That's interesting. Um, I feel like a, a lot of people have come to me when they are looking for some inspiration about what their next step can be. I feel like a lot of people see me as a sounding board for choosing new paths, and maybe it's because they know a little bit about my path and that I you know, didn't necessarily start where I am now and end up where I am um, on purpose. And so I feel like a lot of people, especially younger people, will come to me and ask me about that path because they want to see – you know, what different paths they can go to end up somewhere different than maybe they think they are. Um, And I feel like people look at my job and see it as something that is not like most others here. And so it seems like it's a little bit shinier because there are less of us doing it. And so I think it's just a little, you know, enamored around the... I don't know, the, 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 appeal of something that's a little bit unique and I'm, I'm an example of someone who hasn't
0: taken the traditional path. Got it. And what about, um, folks outside of work, family and friends, hmm. what have they come up to you for over the years?
1: Yeah. So a really good friend, um, who's going through a big, um, job search right now and she was actually visiting in town and, and and she has a lot of pretty high profile jobs and a lot of interesting companies and a lot of different markets. And, you know, she was going through all the details of this and this and this. And, you know, I think what she loved about what I did for her was I was like, let's just boil this down to like the three most important things, yep. right? Um, the quality of life that you're going to have wherever you move to and have this job, the, the opportunity that you're going to have in your career, And where you want to be, is it going to be challenging but not too challenging? And like, what's the next thing after that? Like, is this a stepping stone to something else? So, like, instead of thinking about all the other things that could go into her decision making, I think that she appreciated that I was like, you know what, you can do your pros and cons list, but at the end of the day, these are the three things that you really should be focusing on. Yep. And I think it's kind of helped her sort through it. And I think I am I can help people, you know, sift through all the madness yep. to come up with the things that are probably the most important and should be decision makers, if you will. So
0: really this kind of sounding board quality seems to be a pretty huge component of you.
1: I think that's a great way to describe it.
0: And can I ask, where do you think that comes from? Hmm.
1: Well, I think my parents are both very reasonable people. They never told me no. They always listened. They let me, you know, try new things, didn't uh, overthink or underthink stuff. Um, I also feel like I've worked for great coaches and mentors at every place I've ever worked where – People did that for me, and I think I saw, you know, I like that trade. I think that's something that helped me, so I should pass that along, right, my contribution to society kind of stuff. So I think I've been very lucky that I've had a lot of sounding board mentors and coaches.
0: Indeed. And then thinking back to your parents, are there any other – how would you assess kind of their impact on your career and decision-making process along the way? either explicitly or implicitly from things you picked up from them?
1: Yeah. So my father was, um, you know, he was kind of the back of the house guy in his business. So he was um, not somebody who kind of looked for, you know, the glory or the attention. And he sort of like, you know, was kind of the behind the scenes person. My mom is a little bit more... Um, you know, life of the party, center of attention, sort of the, she's really funny. Yep. And I feel like I'm a perfect combination of both of them, right? There are some places where I know I can sort of hang back and sort of play a more of a supportive role. And then there are some instances where I need to be, you know, the cheerleader, the champion, the ringleader, and that sort of thing. And I feel like magically I've received both of their um, styles and I somehow can like tune in when I need to be one way or the other or some combination of them. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And Sue thinking back on your career, are there any career decisions that you would today choose to undo or somehow redo?
1: I, you know, I would say a couple of the things that I did that I would never take back um the first was when I took a job as a waitress. I think everybody should work as a server in a restaurant nice. to understand um client service and just the um the ability to have a relationship with somebody and be rewarded based on your relationship. So I feel like everyone should be a waitress and I'm really glad I did it. Um I also started in advertising before I went into public relations and I think that really helps me understand the broader marketing context. So this idea of, you know, being sort of looking at whatever profession you're interested in in a broader perspective and getting different perspectives, I feel like because I worked in advertising, it made me better in PR. The other thing I would probably do again, although I might remove a couple from the list, which is this idea of working at being a small fish at a big agency and then being a big fish at a small agency, uh-huh. I probably could have dropped a couple along the way. But, um, I think the ability to work in two environments that are so different where you get exposure to different kinds of learning is critical.
0: A couple more questions here on and on the flip side, what would you consider to be career? Some of your career highlights.
1: Yeah. So I think that, You know, I've had the opportunity to work at agencies who've had some pretty amazing clients that did work that, you know, like some random person would hear about. So it's not just our own industry and my parents, right? So like nothing makes me happier than when I meet somebody and I, however reason they find out what I've done and they're like, I entered that contest, right. or I went to that event, or I won a Dryer's Neighborhood Salute, or I volunteered for the Hog and Dog Love Honeybees, or you know whatever it might be, in a context that they had no idea I was affiliated with, and it just makes me so amazed when you know the, all the work that we do, an individual person who knows nothing about what I do was actually part of the end result of what we did. It just like blows me away. Right,
0: right. Sue, I wanna go back for a second. I wanna go back to that moment when Deanne comes up to you and says, you're the idea person. Was that a thank goodness my core strength and skill has been seen and recognized moment?
1: Actually, it wasn't at all and I think part of it is because I don't think I ever articulated or nobody had articulated it for me that that's what I should be doing. Uh-huh. Right. It's until she said it and said, let's just give it a try. I, I didn't even understand honestly what she was suggesting. And because there, because this role didn't exist, I couldn't envision what it was. Got so it. at first I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then like the next day I was like, holy crap, what is my job? Like, you know, there wasn't this handbook or job description or anything for me to look at. And so part of me was terrified and part of me was like, yeah, like, let's just figure this out. And I remember I actually sat down to write a job description and I had nothing to look at. I had, I had no template to look at inside of Ketchum. And so I just started kind of listing out the stuff that I thought I did pretty well over the last few years and kind of cobbled together this job description And, you know, again, it wasn't necessarily this official thing where my title changed and I got this, you know, new role. I just started doing it. And because people gave me the opportunity to do it, I started getting a little momentum and a little track um, under me so I could sort of say, okay, well, I did this for this client, I could do this for another client. So I think it was um, the thrill and terror all at the same time.
0: <laughs> and is there, at that moment, is there some uh, internal reconciliation over the fact that you were going down this quote unquote businessy path? It almost seems to me like a complete polar opposite. Yeah.
1: You know, subconsciously, I, re- I was realizing that I didn't think that the end result was going to be this business path. Like, I wasn't, I don't think I. At that point, I wasn't sure I wanted to run an office, even though that's what I thought I was going to be from the minute I walked in the store, you know, all those years ago. And so I think as I got further and further along down the path, I had a lot of hesitation about whether that was actually what I wanted to do or if it was just what was expected I would do. And so it was a bit of a turn right, but I also feel like because – of my love of the business of the business and sort of my ongoing role, it allows me to maintain, you know, being current in what it is that is running the business of the business, yep. but always, you know, but always coming at it through, you know, a creative lens.
0: And so, given where you are today, how would you now looking back and given where that you ended up in this almost polar opposite? place. Yeah. Looking back, how would you advise your younger self?
1: I don't think I would change my focus on the business side of the business. I think that no matter what you do in life, understanding the the business of where you are working is so critical. So I would never throw that back. But I think I would have maybe pushed myself to be to wear the creative hat a little bit more as I was kind of going up through the ranks Um, because, you know, as you, as you sort of go down the normal agency path, I think you are so focused on the business side of it. And I think what is fulfilling to people and what drives them is the creative output that they deliver at work. And so you know, I might have gotten there sooner if I had, you know, consciously focused on it more. Um, but again, I, I don't think I would have give, I don't think I would give up the the financial um, backbone that I was gifted when I started here.
0: Sumaloni, thank you. Thank you. It
1: was fun. It was super fun.
0: Thank you you for tuning into this episode of our authentic careers with me your host Gerd Sabar if you like what you just heard I hope you'll let your family friends and colleagues know all about this little podcast and since it's early days here at the OAC your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated if you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at our ourauthenticcareers.com.